Okay, good morning. We have been studying the word prophecy and the word prophesy. And I've been telling you this over and over again so you can settle in your mind. Those of you who do ministry to others and that you are a spirit-filled person need to understand this. This is very important because Paul makes it very clear. When you cook in church, when you help in Sunday school, when you do ministry to others, and uh, uh, it's prophesying. It's it's not a gift of the Holy. It's uh, it's not a prophet. It is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Prophesying, according to First Corinthians fourteen three. Now the work of the prophet is totally separate. So the work of the prophet is not related to what Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy has nothing to do with being a prophet. What it has to do with it is edifying, building, and comforting based on 1 Corinthians 14.3. I don't know if this is clear or not. Is it clear to you? Meaning, when Paul set the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning spirit, faith, work, and mere gifts of healing, prophecy, tongues, and interpretation, he was dealing with prophecy. He was dealing with prophesying. Nothing to do with the prophet. The prophet, it's an office of ministry. And being an office of ministry is a much higher, much more uh, adult-like much more complex ministry of the Holy Spirit. And so, today, as we deal with, with prophesying or, or prophecy, uh, I want to go into Acts chapter 21, verse 9. Acts 21, verse 9. And the same man had four daughters, virgins, which did prophesy. Yes. Now, prophecy begins with prophesying. I'll say it again. Prophecy begins with prophesying. Meaning, when you care about people, when you pray for people, when you minister to people, when you spend all your life talking about Jesus to others, and you become a servant of the Lord, and, and you love to speak about Jesus Christ to others, uh, uh, the next level of your spiritual development is prophecy. Now, these four girls on Acts 21 verse 9 were the daughters of Philip, one of the apostles of Jesus, the one who took Nathaniel to Jesus, remember, in, 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 in John 1.45. They were kids. They were young people. They were daughters, uh, 17, 18, 19. They were moving in the area of prophecy. They were, pro- they were prophecy. They were using the, 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 the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Now, what is then the definition of this type of ministry? What is it? Well, uh, 
the gift of prophecy, which is uh, Acts 21.9, it's available to everybody. Okay? Any spirit-filled believer can, can, can prophesy. It does not make you a prophet, but it opens the door for you to use the gift of prophecy. So the gift of prophecy can appear in your life and disappear in your life as you continue to serve the Lord. And as you keep on moving and developing that gift, perhaps God then will call you to be a prophet. But that's down the road, long way down the road. Because the gift of prophecy, it is a move of the Holy Spirit individually for our occasion in the life of someone. But it doesn't make you a prophet. It's something that happens when you uh, get close to God, when you love the Lord. You're going to hear God say things to you, to someone else. It doesn't mean you're a prophet. It is the manner of the Holy Spirit. So let me explain this way. If you serve suppers for a long time, okay, you serve suppers for a long time, and you clean floors for a long time, and you do Sunday school, and you do youth programs, and you teach the young kids and children, and eventually you're going to grow spiritually. And one day you begin to receive a gift of prophecy, and you begin to care for others and minister to others in a way that's more profound and unique. That does not make you a prophet. Because the nature of the Holy Spirit... Now, let me just... Uh, there's a, uh, how about Revelations, John? That scripture that we have been uh, studying. Uh, Revelations 19, 8, 9, and 10. Listen to this. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints... And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet and worshipped him. And he said unto me, See, you do it not. I am your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Say with me, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So what I mean by that, when you testify about Jesus Christ, you are receiving the spirit of prophecy into the lives of someone else. Because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. How did he begin that? He began that in Acts, in John 1, 45. When, when he saw Nathaniel, he said, you will, Because you believe that I saw you under the fig tree, I will, will, I, I will, you, you will see heaven open. You will see heaven open. Angels of God ascending the sin upon the Son of Man. So the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It begins in anybody who testimonies about Jesus. You cannot testimony or speak about Jesus without the Holy Spirit. And the, and, and the manner in which the Holy Spirit operates is through the gift of prophecy. It just dishes out here and there and there and there and there. You're not a prophet, I hate to tell you. But you can receive the gift of prophecy. 
Is that clear? All right. Now let's just uh, let's just uh, uh, move now a little bit further. Okay. Now I want to distinguish between this idea of receiving the gift of prophecy, just as the four daughters of uh, Philip received. I mean, actually, they, they, God was using those girls powerfully. Now I wanted to distinguish that gift of prophecy from the office of the prophet. Now the office of the prophet, uh, uh, I'd like for you to go into uh, Ephesians. Amen? Ephesians 4, John. Go ahead and read for me. Ephesians 4. Uh, verse 11. Oh, yeah. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, notice that now we're talking about people who we are familiar with, such as a pastor, a teacher, a prophet, an apostle. It's like a hand. You know, that's the... That's the the teacher, and that's the the pastor, and that's the evangelist, and that's the apostle, and that's the prophet. Is that right? Did I get it right? No, apostle, a, 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 a prophet, and apostles. So. It, it, the, the order in first in, in, in Ephesians four eleven, it it begins with the teacher, then it goes to the pastor, then it goes to the evangelist, then it goes to the prophet, prophet, and then it goes to the apostle. What is the apostle? He sent a missionary. What is the prophet? The one who hears from God, the oracles of God, and speaks to the congregation, speaks to man, speaks to people. Now, would you call John the Baptist a prophet? Full-fledged, 100%, anointed to his teeth, prophet of God. Did he grow into that situation by luck, by uh, being the, the son of Elizabeth and Zechariah, one of the priests of the Abijah division who took care of the, of the temple of the Lord? Now, God called him in the desert. So as he begins to baptize in the desert, whole Jerusalem begin going to, to the desert to be baptized by John, including the Son of God. So, what are the qualifications? What is that that you would say about a prophet? Number one, not made uh, 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 trained, put together by a ministry, an organization but called of God. You don't feel the desire that you want to be a prophet. You're chosen and you have no choice. When God calls and you are called, you never retire. You, you retire, per, per se, because of the laws of the church, but your heart will be preaching until you're dead. 
the gift of the Spirit is for ministry. Because the prophet speaks the words of God to somebody else. Nothing has changed as in the Old Testament. Only to the fact that in the New Testament, the prophet is to forth calling, speak, believing, to speak to encourage, to prophesy in terms of a word. So when you hear someone that is a, a real prophet of the Lord, you're going to hear good news, wonderful news. And then you're going to hear words of encouragement. Then you're going to hear words of, re, of, of correction. Then you're going to hear all kinds of things that you don't like to hear. If you find someone that is all soft and tender, that's not a prophet. That's a good, nice preacher who don't want to rattle the cage. He wants to be very positive, 100% without correction. So, a nurse, for instance, a nurse is an assistant to the doctor. The prophet leads. They're dead people. They have no choice. They are, they're not a, they are assisting God to get the job done. What do they do? They provide revelation, guidance, judgment, rebuke, correction. And so a prophet is not soft and mellow, and there's no harshness in him. Okay, a prophet has harshness, has has tenderness, has correction, and it is just is just what God institutes as the office of the prophet. For instance, when did uh, John the Baptist was rough? When you found out that the wife of uh, uh, of uh, Herodias was uh, was uh, uh, going to bed with a with 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 a, uh, Herod's brother, brother's wife, and so uh, uh, and he spoke against it, and of course that cost his life. So the prophet is a custodian of the words of God to his people. He's a custodian. He holds it. He holds it. He waits. And when God releases, it goes and speaks and it produces. If you want to be blessed by God, find a prophet, a real one. And if God has a word for your life, it will change your life drastically. Now, the anointing of this prophet is beyond anything you've ever seen. It is powerful, energetic, creative. But it's not something that he does or she does because they want to create something. There's no respect to persons in the life of a real prophet. So... Prophets, when giving attention to a task, the task is done. You being under a prophetic ministry would change the direction of your life drastically. 
And when you fall into it as if you fall into a train that is on a track that keeps on going for the rest of your life. It doesn't stop uh, because you got another job or because you joined another church. It's a lifetime prophetic statement that carries you through for the rest of your life. So, now, now you're able to distinguish the idea of the prophet from the idea of prophesying, edifying, building, and comforting, a move of the Holy Spirit. In the middle, I spoke about the gift of prophecy. Prophesying here, in the middle is the gift of prophecy, and then prophecy, or the prophet. The middle, the gift of prophecy, meaning that operates in your life as a manner of growth in maturity as you begin to speak in the life of others. You're not a prophet. Now, the prophet here on the, on the third side here, uh, uh, it's a, a mature person, a person that has been in ministry for a long time. Uh, God calls, you know, for instance, uh, uh, sometimes I receive a, a message to a preacher or to a person. And uh, I, I never heard of that before, so I call the person. I speak that. Uh, let me give you an example. Twenty, thirty years ago, I met a man in a little church called Las Casas United Methodist Church in Tennessee. And as I began to finish the meeting, God gave me a word to this young man, and the word was, "I will promote you." this next year, from this church to a very large church. And you become a blessing to me to bring the gospel to the state of Tennessee and beyond. Well, it's happening. You see, Craig Green became a pastor for 20 years. Now he is going to open churches in the, in the Appalachian area. And there will be many pastors under him in the ministries developing and growing. Yesterday I had a call from him, and after 20 years it's coming to reality. Do you understand what I mean now by the prophet office? It's a place to where God speaks to you something that you don't know what you're talking about, but it happens. So, number one, uh, prophesying grows into the spirit of prophecy, moves into the prophet. I hope you're getting something out of this. Are you clear? Uh, can I move on now? Amen? Okay. Now, I want to talk about the accuracy in the prophetic, how accurate you have to be. Uh, in Jude verse 11, there's an interesting scripture, and uh, I want to sort of uh, let John to read or, or Matt to read, one of the two. Go ahead, John. Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain. Now, let's talk about, woe unto them, for they have gone into the way of Cain. Who, who, a person, Cain is a person who believes in God after his own will, or a theologian who profits of the word for personal pride. That's the way, the way of Cain. 
have run greedily in Ur of Balaam for profit. Go ahead, Ben. Read the rest. And perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Yes. Have run, have, have, have run greedily, right? In the arrow of? Balaam. Of Balaam. Now, what is the arrow of Balaam? Balaam was blind. Because he stood against Aaron. Balaam loved the wages of unrighteousness. And Balaam fumigated the rebellion of the Korah. Gaining in rebellion against the chosen appointed of God, which is Aaron. And that didn't get to nowhere. So, when you use prophecy for personal engrantment or personal pride or you want to just be liked and appreciated by man, it creates a major problem for you because God will not allow you to remain or to, or to continue. Most ministries that fall by the wayside, it's not due to rebellion, it's not due uh, to sexual not due to uh, 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 finance problems, or it, it has to do with rebellion against God. You know, you can have a sin, but when you consistently rebel against God, then God's going to collect on you. So accuracy is very important. Since to speak the will of God is not a small thing. What hinders accuracy? What stops accuracy? Why is it that some of these prophets today are missing the, the, the goal? Number one is doctrinal error. Doctrinal error. For instance, to accept the 14 epistles of the New Testament that Paul wrote and completely ignore his teachings on 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is a Large doctrinal error. To stand against the gift of tongues because you don't have time for that type of thing is a doctrinal error. How dare you to belittle one of the saints of the church who still today Disciples millions through the books that he wrote in the New Testament. In other words, you can't accept Romans and totally deny what has happened in the ministry of Paul in the area of prayer in ministry. So this ministry tries to teach in these areas of weakness in the body of Christ. So you begin to grow and develop and have common sense and balance and reason and respect for that which you do not know. Now, do I have the authority to say this? Well, I'm 76 years old. I'll be 80 years old in about four years. I have lived this life close to 40 years. I've learned. I've been corrected. I'm involved with it. 
I've seen fruits upon fruits upon fruits. In other words, you probably say, oh, Rick, you're just a nice, a nice Brazilian man who came to America. Wait a minute now. How can you survive in the Methodist church without annuity, pension, and retirement only by fruits? So you might not like me. And I don't care. I'm not a popsicle for you to lick. My job in my ministry is to tell you what I have experienced because I have a prophetic in me. I'm not going to please you sometimes. So if you are prophesying or ministering in prophecy, you must guard yourself from these things such as doctrinal error. You don't want to get involved in them. You don't want to speak against them. Remember, I told you about people in the past who, were, who, were, who, just, who simply were rude and mean to me. You are a charismatic you have, you're, you're full of demons. I, I heard that from a district superintendent. No wonder he died in six months. How can you curse the Holy Spirit and live? James 3.12 says, Can the fig tree bear olive berries? Either a vine figs. So can no fountain yield salt water and fresh water? Our wells must be clean. Our wells must be clean. There's no way that a fountain will give you salt water and sweet water at the same time. You've got to make a decision. I'm not saying you have to accept these things. But be observe them. Be patient. Be kind to them. We're at a time in the life of the church where, where, where there's going to be a large division in the Methodist church and there will be thousands of people left astray without direction, without purpose. And our job as leaders of the church is to disciple them accordingly. Not to give them milk, expecting them to grow and develop and produce fruits. Listen, if you're a pastor, I hate to tell you, if your membership does not prophesying or gift of prophecy or there's no prophet or person in the church who speaks for God and you have a respect for it. You haven't done a good job at all. You center everything upon yourself and you are the center. Everybody's just out of there drinking milk all day long and you are the only one who can get a steak and a filet mignon now and then. If you go around our ministry... There are hundreds and hundreds of people who conduct their own ministries and they're producing fruits. That's one thing I can tell you. If you are around Rick Bonfin Ministries, a lot of people are just blessed in discipling and ministry and caring all over the place. I, I, can, I can tell you hundreds of them that I have known personally. If you come to Rekindle the Flame, there will be 500, 600 people there who have fruits. Now, that doesn't mean... That I'm special. That's the nature of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm not doing nothing. The Holy Spirit is doing all of this. I'm just falling alone, having a great time. <laughs> and, and you need to know that. That that as 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 the prophecy the prophet prophesy and speak the oracles of God and begin to teach and disciple. The fruits are tremendous. There are hundreds and hundreds of people listening to me right now where their lives have no fruit. 
They have not done nothing. Nobody is following nothing. They just live for themselves. And with a little bit of milk every day, I'm here to give you more than milk. I'm telling you, it's about time that you learn how to move in the gift of prophecy and expect the Holy Spirit to come upon you and to share the life of others and to lay hand and anoint with all. Throw a bottle of water on them. Do whatever you want to do. But don't be someone who just uh, repetitious about the Scriptures. You know, I, I'm saying to you, if you teach, make sure that the teaching now and then moves into deeper areas to where your congregation is challenged to understand you. And when you empower them by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're doing the work of the Lord. Amen? Well, uh, now I have here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Uh, what I call roadblocks. Roadblocks are things that prevent you from being in that position of ministry. And I'll do that tomorrow morning.